start again. I feel it in my fingers. In my fingers. I feel it in my toes. Feel it in my toes. Yeah. Christmas is all around me. And so the feeling grows. It's written in the wind. So everywhere I go, everywhere I go. So if you really love Christmas, come on, let it snow. This is shit, isn't it? Yep, solid gold shit, Maestro. Welcome to Film Punch. This is the podcast where we watch a movie and then talk about it right afterwards. I'm your host, Angela Shershin, and I'm with... Dave Klingerman. Brian Holdren. Isaac Benson-White. Awesome. And today... We watched the holiday classic um, Love Actually, 2003 movie, directed, written and directed by Richard Curtis. This is um, pretty much the ultimate romantic comedy. It's eight storylines that are interweaving, and it has almost every early 2000s British actor in it. <laughs> That's probably So if no one's seen it, uh, you should definitely watch it. And speaking of no one seeing it, we actually had... A love actually version. Yes. That just sounds wrong. Yeah, it sounds weird. <laughs> did, did you love it actually? <laughs> so, uh, what were your opinions, Dave? That joke will be made about three point five times in this podcast. Actually, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. it. It was it was very cliched, as we were discussing throughout the movie. It was very cliched, but it was a lot of fun to watch. I I got a kick out of it. Um, yeah, there's. Lots and lots and lots of, oh my god, that's that guy. <laughs> or that girl. Yeah, Mr. Bean, yay! <laughs> All right, so Isaac and Brian, so you've obviously seen the movie before, So, but seeing it again, what are your reactions? <laughs> I think I figured it out. It's like, sometimes I like the movie, sometimes I don't. And it's, you really gotta be in the state of mind of, just sit back and watch. Like, if you think about anything more than, like, yeah. two minutes, yeah. you're not going to like it. But if you yep. just let it, just let it wash over you, everything's like, oh, that's fun. Like, I was just always that with the music, with just, like, the, a lot of the characters themselves. It's like, take everything at face value, much like some of the lessons in the movie. Take everything at face value, and, and it's all good. There were a couple points where I was like, wait, what? And everyone's just like, just go with it. I, uh, I, f I definitely agree with you, and I made it about halfway through the movie before I started thinking too much. Oh, and then, that it went, was your downfall. and then it was my downfall, and it was just like, oh man, I so I did not, I did, I did not like it, did not, did not sit well with the rewatch because if you think about it a little too much, you're like, wow, there's some because I think that at the first half of the movie, I was like, and I kind of important about this because on one side, I see why it's so popular, and I see why people love it. And I see that, like, the first half, I was like, if you just let it go and just be like, this is just, like, your favorite British actors just having some fun together. And just being like, Whoa! And it's like, it's fun! Because I like all of those actors and other things, too. And so, 
Um, but just to me, it kind of perpetuated a lot of stuff that I have problems with. It, it presents a reality that I think is pretty disturbing if you think about it too much. Uh, and um, I think leaves a lot of people out in this movie or, or is very focused on um, for, for, for how big the cast is it's not really very diverse and it's also not uh, and the diversity is a lot of secondary characters and I think there was yeah. one primary character who was not white yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> and straight there's yeah. no non-straight people in this movie except maybe Bill Nye but we're like <laughs> I don't, but not really. I mean, they were like, we bro love each other or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh. We're having a bromance. Yeah. And it just, uh, it, um, I feel like a good follow-up to this movie, if you have seen it, please also watch Don Juan, um, because I felt like it aligned with that closely in the sense of, um, that, Romantic comedy, I think, can be just as exploitative as porn. Is that the that's the Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it has Scarlett Johansson in it. Yeah, yeah. and it kind of parallels how the romance narrative is can be as destructive as porn. Um, and I felt like this kind of intertwined those in a really insidious and kind of disturbing way. In that there was a lot of exploitative footage of women's bodies and breasts and um, all of that while also this narrative of the perfect guy and the perfect woman and all these grand romantic gestures and pretty much I felt like encapsulated I don't know a lot about the sexual culture in Britain but I felt like really encapsulated my experience in the US of the bizarre paradox of like sex is everywhere on billboards and posters and everything and wait till you're married and wait till it's special and it needs to like mean something and so this this bizarre cross between like christianity and capitalism that kind of reared up i felt like in this well, movie i do know a little bit about i mean i'm i'm an expert by any means but uh they're definitely more open with their sexuality mm-hmm. and i don't think like they saw a lot of the things going on with bill clinton back in the day as what the yeah, big deal. That happens all the time. Dude, the and French prime minister had a, or French president had a, a yes. mistress that yes. was sitting next to his yeah. wife, very like, publicly. Not, yes, not the Kurt one. Not uh, yeah, yeah, well, back well, well after this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's. I think. I I don't even think now that they would necessarily that that culture shift that we're seeing is I think strictly a U.S. thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that's happening in Britain. It's it's just they look at things differently. Yeah, and I, I guess it just it 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 didn't it didn't sit well with me. Sure. Because I know a lot of women who love this movie, and this is a very popular movie, and loves lots of people watch it, and lots of people love it, and I uh, I think that it probably contributes to false narratives mm-hmm. about what love is. In fact, Isn't what that love every trick flick? Actually, Is that not every trick flick? <laughs> but at the same time, I think so. even in this movie, though, like mm-hmm. there's 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 eight storylines, um, and some of those storylines, the love isn't perfect between mm-hmm. that. So, even though yeah, they do have a lot of those like 
grand romantic gesture storylines like i i always feel like for like laura linney like in her storyline so she's the one mm-hmm. where she has the crush on her office mate carl who as i said is extremely good looking um and i think that's a pretty objective statement <laughs> oh, yeah. yes um, we, we, we all voted yes <laughs> <laughs> so and so here she is about to have sex with like you know probably the most like perfect looking man ever and she turns it down to be with like her unstable brother and you know i think a lot of people are kind of like what are you crazy but it really just shows how deep her love was for her her brother Mm -hmm. um and how kind of like turning away that artificial love for a deeper one so i i know even though like yeah there are some storylines that aren't super great i think they do try to tap into some more realistic human emotion yeah and it it definitely you know the whole theme of the movie is love is everywhere and so it was all about the relationships of all the characters the prime minister and his younger sister played by Emma Thompson who knew everyone apparently (laughs) Uh, so she was sprinkled throughout these people she was the the linchpin I guess joining them all whatever um and she had another really sad storyline where her husband is using showing affection elsewhere not towards her and mm-hmm. I think she was kind of a good example of how people but particularly women sometimes have to put on this like you know artificial exterior mm-hmm. um even though like what's going on inside does not match what's going on outside at all mm-hmm. But they have to do that for their family or whatever. But society kind of wants you to. Yeah. And it's it that's what I found in the rest of the movie is that mm-hmm. it's like that's that's what you do is you put on a brave face. So my question, which relates to this, is who is the audience? And I mean this on two levels. One, mm-hmm. guys and girls. So like obviously it's, you know, a quote unquote chick flick, but they're boobs, butts. <laughs> Dudes, there's some like moments that are thrown in there for the guy. Oh, absolutely! I think to create more universal appeal. And my also follow up question is: It's a bunch of British actors. Was it an American production company? Was this primarily aimed at you know England or 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 the US? Because there might be a bit of that British stiff upper lip kind of uh, societal, um, you know, impression coming through on that. Yeah. Richard Curtis was born in New Zealand. Oh, well, <laughs> <That's laughs> he's more British than American, then. I mean, if it's in a British, if it's a British movie, that kind of explains some of the nudity as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. They don't. Again, they don't look at it the same. way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and it was ostensibly art in the in the gallery. Mm. <laughs> ostensibly, mm. <laughs> it was covered with <laughs> a little stockings. Yeah, I know. I was just like, <laughs> I mean, it, it shouldn't be. We we're talking about this before the movie. That it shouldn't be lost. That this was. I, it was written, directed by Richard Curtis. So this was essentially. It was definitely directed towards women, at least the marketing was. But it shouldn't be lost on us that it was a, a man's vision for totally. women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And, and yeah. I mean, that's, totally. there's other romantic comedies that are like that. I feel like it's almost rare to see romantic comedies that are, you know, actually a woman's vision for a woman. Um, so I mean. There is some of that where it's like, uh, <laughs> I hate to bring this up, but it's like, like kind of like how Judd Apatow thinks women behave. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of that in there. Like, this is how women are 
because I don't actually really know how women are. <laughs> mm-hmm. And don't be fat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't even think about having heavier thighs, because like Jesus, there's just some, there's some what you said about fat shaming. I was like, yeah, it's really bad. But, you know, really, really bad. This kind of brings because part of what I was thinking was I feel like this movie hasn't aged that well, mm-hmm. um, and because yeah, the actress that they kept fat shaming, she's by no means fat. And actually, if you look at where the trends are now with like Beyonce and Kim Kardashian, that like curvier look is um, popular. So. I don't think, she, like, today she, she would be considered fat. That would actually be, like, the... I don't know if you pulled that off as a white woman, though, right? I mean, isn't um, there some sort of, like, ethnic component to that? Um, maybe, but not necessarily. Um, uh, was it Ashley Graham is the plus-size model who's very, very popular, so it's... I mean, to contrast her, we have all of the American women in this are Denise yeah. Richards, um... Those Girl. women, yeah. all of the all women of the, who want to have sex with that British guy. Yes, <laughs> I that I I do remember. Like even the first time I watched it, I was really frustrated with how American women were portrayed. In oh that. Yeah. yeah, and I mean I feel like that's just kind of a stereotype. Uh, like even I've encountered where it's like, oh, you're American, of course you'll want to do all these things, and it's like, no. <laughs> Oh, no, there, there's a lot of digs at America, which is, again, a question I had about yeah. is this for a British audience or an American audience? I mean, that's, right. and it was 2003, where yeah. Bush was in office, and the UK in particular was going, oh, God, mm-hmm. what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with that country? Why did they elect him? Um, and <laughs> oh, to be back there now. Yeah, I was just going to say. I pine for the day uh, yes, George yeah, W. No. Bush yeah. now. Yeah, right. Um, but, yeah, it's... It definitely, I, I definitely saw some of the British perspective. Mm-hmm. You said it was kind of like the Bush Cameron. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's a scene where um, uh, Hugh Grant's character, Prime Minister, stands up to Billy the Bob. U.S. President, played by Billy Bob Thornton, because of course he was. Um, and I, I know that there were there was a lot of British people saying, you know, "What's wrong with David Cameron? You know, what's wrong?" With a government, why aren't they telling why isn't, why aren't they telling George W. Bush to go to hell? We don't want anything to do with Iraq or mm-hmm. you know, all this other mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he, they they didn't feel he was representing them, mm-hmm. um, and so that that scene definitely I saw that as a British perspective, and that's fascinating. And I wish like that was most of the movie, <laughs> but like that that's yeah, but the that, political. But, climate yeah dynamic. that's a really interesting <laughs> but you know yeah. it's, it's kind of interesting that we're watching this movie now because like that's such a pivotal moment of the british prime minister telling off the american president when literally Theresa may did that like two weeks ago <laughs> so it's kind of like i feel like it doesn't feel like as big of a moment because i mean it happens to be now. fair at least like 70 percent of the world is doing the same thing as her yeah. so mm-hmm. and it wasn't Quite like that when George W. Bush was. President. And we're not we're not misleading Britain into war. Yeah. Yet, yet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, <laughs> so back to Love Actually, away from the nuclear holocaust we're all about to experience. Well, <clears throat> so again, talking about how like how certain things were presented in the movie and how they've completely changed now. You know, there's we've seen kind of this wave. Um, you know, Time Magazine listed the Me Too movement as the its person of the year. So there's this kind of focus on not accepting sexual harassment in any circumstance in the office, uh, you know, on the streets, wherever. And we've had moments in this movie where Alan Rickman is like literally encouraging sexual harassment. So 
I think that's kind of, I don't know if that's typical. But, but he was encouraging the lady to make the move, so yeah. it was female empowerment slash before that's not <laughs> right. I don't know. But I feel like that just wouldn't happen. Yeah, no, that, no. that that's a, a HR nightmare waiting to happen. <laughs> well, and I do wonder about the difference between in the... I'd be interested to learn more about the difference in the sexual climate in Britain versus mm-hmm. here, if they're having the yeah. same feeling. Because this felt very much like pre-any of that, where it was just like, secretaries are people you also have sex with. That's just sort of a thing. And there's sort of like a maybe, like, maybe if you have a wife, you probably shouldn't. But like there, it, it it felt to me like like that none that sexual harassment was not a word that would be anywhere near Alan Rickman's workplace. It was just like that's just how it is for a man and a woman in a workplace. Um, I, I mean, I just think well, a she was there for like two years, so they were supposed to be mm-hmm. friends, right? He was supposed to be talking to her as a friend. Not oh, and as I didn't just a, mean that. I, I meant like the the woman who was his secretary yeah, and everything like that. Yeah, yeah. But like it, it all just felt very like this is this is how the world is. Um there similarly was, with Hugh Grant's pop. Right. Let's just run with it because that's the way things are. There, yeah. there was a line over at the Christmas party like, oh avoid so and so because he'll grab, like he'll fondle you or something. Yeah, and that was just sort of like a one off like Steer clear of him, ladies. He's dangerous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a little sad. Um, and then they kind of had Billy Bob Thornton, who's actually, it felt like he was kind of a cross between George Bush yep. and Bill Clinton, yep. where he was like hitting yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. He, he had that like Texas whatever mm-hmm. that George W. Bush had, but yeah, a little of the. Womanizing. Yeah, womanizing of, of Clinton, because George W. Bush did not do yeah, that. Was not smooth. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he was not. <laughs> So, did anyone have like a favorite storyline, or maybe the better question is, did anyone have a least favorite storyline? <laughs> I want to rephrase. Which one was the most realistic storyline? Do you think? Well, like oh, I said, no. the one with Emma Thompson, I thought was the yeah. Most I think I mean that was the most sort of like she was acting like a real person would act. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The rest of them, uh, and like maybe like yeah, trying to having to keep it together for the kids and <coughs> on Christmas and everything too. And yeah. <coughs> Okay, never mind. Go back to best. <laughs> <laughs> or favorite, maybe favorite. what was the most entertaining storyline? <laughs> There's, I was gonna say, I feel like you narrowed down to the story that line that made me go Ooh, the least amount of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I still have to think for a second. Possibly because the director's worked with Hugh Grant several several times, but I think that had all of the elements of a traditional rom-com: yeah. new kids, fun costumes. Mm-hmm. A lot of the yeah. curtain reveal, the song. Yeah, I love the song where he's at the, with the little kids. And yeah, they're like, "Oh, sing a song for us." And he starts singing, and then his like bodyguard comes in. Oh, I love that! This awesome baritone. The, the baritone bodyguard. Yeah. I, I would say that that for me was probably my favorite storyline. And even though it was like, "Hugh Grant is the prime minister," what? Like, that was a little weird, but it like it. Uh, there was, there was definitely. I think, I think of the ones in there, there was the least amount of like, woo, that's weird. Well, <laughs> other, other than his sister saying twenty years ago he would have been all over you. Yeah, yeah that's true. That was weird. I that still, was weird. I still feel like again, maybe it's watching it now versus then, but the fact that he had to like move someone because essentially she was distracting him sexually and he yeah. couldn't do his job as well. 
was yeah that's I true that's yeah, I mean yeah maybe not but actually I mean maybe that is realistic I don't know <laughs> well, I mean there was a, a <laughs> dentist ask, um, that's true the, the dentist several years ago cool. that fired someone because they were too attractive like he yeah. no. so mm. that it is a real thing unfortunately yeah and huh the, um <laughs> Well, Shoot, now that I'm saying that, I'm sort of like, uh, maybe that's a different. <laughs> okay. I, I got a once you start thinking, <laughs> once you start thinking, you're. I got a kick out of the father and son, like mm-hmm. uh, Liam Neeson and kid. yeah, Liam Neeson and whatever the the other kid who went on to be Jordan Reed. Yeah, in yeah, Game of yeah, <laughs> the dude in Game of Thrones. Um, I've seen him in other stuff too, but um, it. And from my perspective, I felt like that was more intended for like a mother and daughter. Like it, it didn't seem like the kind of bonding hmm. a father and son would do. And it's stepfather and stepson. Okay. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah. wow! I, I missed that. More impactful. I yeah. Because really mm-hmm. it was like he married her with kids. Oh. Her and okay. that was her kid. Oh, I totally so, missed yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Man, that's that's a huge big step family by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but but still, that it it just didn't like so much of the movie. It just didn't seem like that. that that's not how people. Yeah, and the whole like him learning to play the drums really well in like two weeks. And well, I'm I'm a drummer, and to be fair, he really wasn't doing no, this he wasn't. At the end. no. <laughs> <laughs> On camera, he was not impressive. <laughs> Behind that closed door, he and then he, all he did was keep beat. And I you mean, didn't see him, but J.K. Simmons was off stage, just like <laughs> holding back a scream, like he's like ready to throw the chair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, I will take back. I think the least objectionable and the most fun that I had probably was watching Martin Freeman and the I don't remember what her name is, but um, the, woman, body double. the body doubles. Oh, I, the porn set one. Yeah, yeah. That, for me, that just like that because. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just I felt like okay, this but is just what two was that supposed to be? What were they doing? They were body doubles. So they were getting what? Well, for <laughs> setting the camera and the lights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but stand-ins is probably a better word for it, not yeah. body double stand-in. So it's like they they get the shot ready and then they bring in the actors, so they don't have to adjust the lighting with the actors because obviously the actors are really expensive. Oh, and in this point, they must be okay. really, really expensive. expensive. Yeah. yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Dude, there was a crew of twenty on this set. Yeah, not three guys on a camera. Yeah, yeah, and and that was like a really nice like marble pillars. Mm. Nice, yeah, nice expensive wherever they were. Yeah, so it could have been like a friend of whatever porn producer. Who knows? I guess I don't know. <laughs> um. I, I personally love the Bill Nye, the the rock. Yeah. Oh shit! I he, forgot about that. He, I you know I think it, his storyline was such a good contrast because you have like all this like super rom com, super cheesy stuff, and here he is just like calling BS on everything, and he's but just also like, like really relishing it. Too. Yeah, like yeah. he's not he's not like this is wrong. He's just like this is shit, and I'm just gonna bathe. <laughs> so in a certain sense it gives the movie like perspective right the movie doesn't think it's the, the best rom-com ever it gives it that like um i don't know if we're looking for but yeah, the undercurrent I, of I like think, self-perception i think the movie knew exactly what it was that, no, <laughs> i think that's part why it delivers is it knew 
mm-hmm. what it was and how to deliver it. And yeah. this is kind of almost the movie's way of breaking the fourth wall and being like, <laughs> yeah. we know we what's know. going like on, Like a little guys. bit of a wink right there. Yeah, yeah I, I really like that, that first scene where the DJ is saying, oh, oh, this record is shit and this is a terrible song and oh, we have an interview with over <laughs> yeah. in the next booth. Yep. Oops. Yep. But but then Bill Nye was just like, yeah, it's shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 it is. I know. Yeah. I'm just trying to cash in. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, he was just like, you know, when you talk about like the, how kind of like obscene uh, views of women, like he had that too, like especially with his video, but he wasn't hiding it. It's like, yeah, I'm doing this to sell records. So mm-hmm. it wasn't kind of like a pretending to be something that it wasn't which was also refreshing. if you go all new there's a video it's, it's sort of you know equal equal terms yeah, yeah and then he, do you remember that scene where he showed he just like whipped it out yeah. in front of the team which <laughs> conveniently timed in the airport run i love how it all came together right? yeah yeah yep, yep. oh man I bet you all forgot about that part where we were going to show Bill Nye <laughs> almost naked i feel like that's Bill um, hits. I feel like that's what all this movie is. It's like, oh yeah, you remember that part? Oh yeah, I remember that part. That's the thing. That keeps you, the constant switching keeps you just let it wash over you. If they stay on any scene for more than five minutes, you're going to start thinking, and thinking leads to not enjoying. Accurate. Yes. So you know what storyline, I think there's a couple of them that we still haven't hit on, which is crazy. Um, we haven't talked yet about the Kira Knightley one. Yep. Yeah. And like probably the most famous scene with the guy with the cue cards. Okay. I don't know what you think of that. I, I didn't understand that. Like, I, it would have made more sense if the two guys were gay. Like, because they'd known each other for a long time, right? Right, right. And then she comes along. There was no context. It was mm. just like, oh, he's in love with her. But why? And I we don't we don't see any of his thoughts beforehand. Really. Right, it's just camera. But they set it up. He never talked to her, so everyone assumed he didn't like her, but he mm-hmm. couldn't talk to her because of self preservation. So we were supposed to reinterpret like a year of him staying away from her. Right. In that one moment. Right. I mean, I, I, that's what I the movie really, wants us to do. I really would have liked the movie more if he was gay. Like, yeah, a lot more. I think actually. That so I made more sense. Yeah. I think it goes back to your point. Like it was. A long enough ago that like that might not have been we want to acknowledge that like both Liam Neeson's head his son is like who's this girl or guy mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, Laura Linney comes up to him and says are you gay mm-hmm. so they want to acknowledge that like that's that's an okay option but we're not going to explore that as an option we're not going to actually show that exactly. yeah, that's yeah. a little much we'll show lots of boobies but yep. no yep. gay love it, it kind of <laughs> almost reminds me of how like like school school children sometimes behave where it's like or at least maybe I guess this is making me think of the movie he's just not that into where it starts off with a scene with a, a little girl on a playground and a boy pulls her hair and she goes crying to her mom and her mom's like, well, do you know why he did, did that? It's because he likes oh. you. Yeah. And it's and then that kind of that starts off that movie saying showing how like why women act so weird is because we're told like, yep. oh, if someone treats you like shit, it's because he secretly likes you. Right. <laughs> and that's why he couldn't be gay in this movie because they rewarded his bad behavior, right? Like, she, for whatever reason, comes running out the door yeah. and gives him a kiss afterwards. Like, the other, the, the guy would not have done that, even, like, unless he was bisexual, and, like, so that, that just would not work on film. Yeah. So, like, they needed a way to justify him doing that, and so he got rewarded at the end. That, I will say, that storyline, like, it's always, it's like, 
that scene is always like people's favorite scene but i never really liked that storyline that much um it just felt kind of weird like just because he loved her doesn't mean that she's going to love him or be into him right yeah, yeah. Right. that's right. what like, didn't make any sense to me like, like why it kind of makes it seem like oh i'll kiss oh you like me so therefore i like you because you like me so it, mm-hmm. i don't know it just felt kind of weird you were supposed to see you were supposed to interpret his long lingering up close camera pans on her as as like oh that's so attractive not oh that's so stalkery right yeah. but it, you gotta go one way or the other on that and then it's like oh he really does feel for me because he makes that's me look pretty what I was he saying. makes me Kira Knightley look pretty and that's hard to do so <laughs> it's interesting because yeah I feel like with these gender roles usually it would be like the guy would be crazy but I feel like yeah I'm trying to think if they were swapped and it was the girl doing it she'd probably be considered like a stage five clinger or something <laughs> yeah. right exactly that yeah, shows you some like really I guess maybe that's on. a good question. With some of these storylines, if we switch the gender roles, how would the story read? <laughs> some of them might actually like be if better. The woman boss is hitting on the male assistant, mm-hmm. and then he's standing there, sitting there with his legs open. Who'd <laughs> <laughs> have, have to come on to her uh, different ways? But yeah. 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 Like, well, I guess like with Laura Linney, if it was the guy. Actually, I, I don't think it would even really be that big of a deal. Or, no, maybe the good one is the guy who goes to Wisconsin. If it was a girl sleeping with, like, four guys, uh, that would be... That would be a lot different. Yeah, it'd be really weird. There, yeah, there's this totally this double standard, though, of, like, of like if a, a guy is sleeping around versus a woman sleeping around. And there isn't really an equivalent of him in this movie. There's him who's like, I, I just slept with well, four American women. Yeah. Also, like, the stereotype doesn't translate. Like, yeah. I, I mean, British women are just British women. I guess, obviously, Keira Knightley, and there's some common exceptions, but I think, mm-hmm. well, I, I guess the accent does. I kind of like the accent. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to reinterpret that. <laughs> I'm trying to reinterpret if I think British right. women are attractive. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just, if you're listening to this, across the pond. <laughs> I should think this in my head before speaking. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should have been blunt. We're all Americans. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Watching this movie, this British movie. <laughs> but I do think it says a lot about like gender roles and yeah, the, that if the, if the places were swapped, it would be very different. Mm-hmm. So back to the guy who went to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was, I, I assume that that was like the, the British making fun of uh, American women being into like a British accent, which yeah. to them, I mean, they're just speaking, and then like the American women are going, "Oh, that that accent is is amazing," but that guy didn't have that accent, but they didn't. He did have, uh, he did have a bit, but yeah, but not but, a strong. He didn't have like a proper accent or like anything. a Pierce Brosnan accent, right? That mm-hmm. smooth. Uh, that's what's normally seen as attractive. And I mean, that's, but that's, it's still like a stereotype. Like, if you view any sort of accent, like, oh, he has an accent that's sexy or whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm not your fetish kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. They did a study, I I think I said this during the movie, they did a study in, in, in random whatever, people attribute 15 higher IQ points to someone just because they have a British accent. They just think you're smarter. That doesn't translate necessarily to sexy or whatever. And I mean, that... <laughs> it elevates you in It's interesting. Um, I, I mean, I would totally believe it, and I bet people attribute people with southern accents to not having as high I'm IQ. sure that's the thing. Yeah. I bet it goes yeah. both ways, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and it's... He goes to Wisconsin, but then he comes back with, like, two girls who are clearly from, like, Texas. Like Texas, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But maybe, again, that's us being Americans being, like, 
But again, I mean, this is that I think all of Britain saw George W. Bush and said, oh, all Americans are like that. So I think that's where that came from as well. I like how they made Milwaukee seem like it's the middle of nowhere. (laughs) But maybe that's us being Americans living in Chicago because we know it's not. And it just occurred to me, too, the possibly the only like teenage girls or you know college girls that the british may have been aware of were george w bush's daughters at the time who were big partiers and so that may have fed into that well i just realized that that may have fed into that this entire movie (laughs) (laughs) this just got so much more interesting if it's focused on what the uk thinks of george w bush Like you're, you're like you're, you're trying to deconstruct the the framework of a romantic comedy, which is stereotypes and, and like rigid circumstances. So, and so this movie relations. came out in 2003. American Pie came out in 1999, and American yeah. Pie was a big deal. So, I mean, that could be. And I feel like there was a couple of other like teenage comedies that were like raunchy like that around that time. So that yeah. could be also what they were thinking. Could of, be. Too. I yeah. I never got into any of those. So I like. I know of the scenes in American Pie, but I never. Well, and in fact, I have Nadia from American Pie as. Yeah, literally. literally. <laughs> so I guess my uh, another interesting point is, I mean, obviously, do you think this has a lot to? Uh, the Crash was before this, right? Pulp Fiction was before this. Oh, you're talking about just like multiple storylines. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm guessing they probably bar. I don't know if this movie would have been made unless those preceded it. Hmm. Yeah, and he's just not that into you, I think, was after this yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. This this movie definitely spurred like its own type of genre. Like like when we, we watched the Honest trailer afterwards, um, there are some movies that clearly just like remakes of love actually like valentine's day and new year's Mm -hmm. eve but then there are there's like this whole genre of like yeah he's just not that into you is like that i don't think there's eight storylines but there's easily several four or five um i think uh, what to expect when you're expecting is like that too there's Mm -hmm. like four or five again i'm probably listing off movies that only women have seen (laughs) um so yeah there's definitely a few movies like that that it's like maybe four or five storylines weaving together. And it's kind of preceded the whole anthology TV shows are a thing now. Like, it's more common than it used to be, I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, Black Mirror. I mean, I guess Twilight Zone and a lot of them were doing it before, but now there's been a resurgence kind mm-hmm. of on the tail end yeah, of Yeah, with all, all these, these interweaving storylines. Um, when was the first Game of Thrones book written? Oh, it was like 80-something. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I guess ensembles were uh-huh. um, not unheard of, of course. But, yeah, it definitely seems to be very commonplace to have these ensemble storylines uh-huh. in TV and movies. And there's not necessarily just one lead leading the entire thing. Uh-huh. So, and, so, yeah, I think, actually, have we talked about Colin Firth's storyline? No, no, not yet. Yeah. See, I tell you, there's so many in this one. Yeah, <laughs> there is. Which one was Colin so Firth? Colin Firth is the writer. Oh, okay. Where he, 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 was, he bounced back from having your brother sleep with presumably wife yeah. or girlfriend. In IMDb, it says girlfriend. So. Okay, that's oh. fine. But that, that, I mean, he seems none the worse for wear getting married later that month or the following month. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Well, this that's what I mean partially about this is like, this seems like um, the first half of a story that's going to probably go badly after this or something, you know? Like, there's. Uh, they might as well say like, and they all lived happily ever after at the end instead of the end, 
because like that's where it's like oh you've met this girl you've like you don't think the rebound marriage is going yeah. to work? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the girl who you've known for approximately two weeks yeah. when and she was cleaning your cabin. And you right. haven't spoken the same language. <laughs> for any of that? Right. For, like, you've only spoken the same language for 30 minutes, and it's when you were proposing to her. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. But she exactly. took her clothes off. Yeah. That's the main important thing. Apparently. Yeah. Apparently. It goes back to, you said that love is ever... It, they literally gave you the, the secret at the very end. It's all you need is love. Repeated ad infinitum for all the closing scenes. All you need is love. If, if you have love, that's all you need. Yeah, apparently. Uh, did you want to say something specific about that storyline? No, I was just if there's any thoughts. I mean, that one, I think, I remember in the past, I think I liked it more. This time I watched it, I was just kind of like, eh. Like, I didn't think there was really anything special about it, to be honest. It was... Not exploitive in any way. I mean, I guess it kind of was because you were. It's a little. I think it's a little, little bit. A little. I, I felt like he maybe he wasn't like his character didn't seem maybe super exploited to me, but like the camera certainly lingered on yeah. her lower back tattoo yeah. for a couple That's of true. seconds. That there. That's when he thought so. like, oh, you have a tramp stamp. I'm into you now. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's when he realized. Yeah. yeah, and then that was like the. Uh, so one thing I did pick up on this time that I just didn't remember was when she was cleaning the stuff and the food and she told him oh like oh I'm not going to eat that because I'll turn off like my sister uh-huh. again kind of going back to like the whole chubby comments yeah um, a lot of that yeah yeah that was kind of like I don't know I thought I still thought that was weird when he goes to like the father who again he's never met and he's asking for his daughter's hand in marriage any normal human being would have said who are you yeah instead of oh yeah i'll just go get her right well and and also i would be curious because like one thing is like we're like we're americans and we watch this movie how are americans portrayed this movie i'd be like portuguese people how would you how did you feel about your portrayal in this movie you always answer the door in an undershirt you seem they made it seem very much like like like, it it seems honestly like how we portray the deep south yeah you know a little bit like backward right he was rescuing her in some sense right Right, exactly exactly the the restaurant manager would be like no you can't have her she's our best waitress i'm like wait but wasn't she just like a cleaner like a month ago? Like, you didn't have her then. And I still say those aren't... <laughs> That's it. I'm done with this movie. <laughs> that was the straw that, that broke the camel back. Yeah. So, I guess, maybe with this movie, obviously there's a lot of problematic elements with it. So, what would you do differently to this movie? Because, I mean, I feel like the underlying concept isn't bad. It's just, you know, the way they did some of the storyline so what would you change with this movie to make it less problematic i would make the characters act like human beings and not like characters in a movie script (laughs) i feel like i i honestly do think that like something that would at least make me feel a little bit more comfortable is having more diversity Mm -hmm. um and if every relationship wasn't a powerful man and like an underling woman yeah, that's true. That was pretty uh, prevalent. Yes. Except for the two kids. The two kids were kind of on the same level because it was, well. Except I, you could view maybe she had more power because she was yeah. like she was a pop star popular. or she something. Was yeah. Okay. Yeah. But still, that was a different dynamic mm-hmm. than all the other mm-hmm. stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, I need more, a little more diversity than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, 
the only black guy was like Kira Knightley's wife or husband rather for like yeah. two seconds or well, whatever. He, you know, there's actually been a, a lot of Academy Award winners in this before they won because he was mm-hmm. in he won for Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. That's um, right. That's right. Colin Firth won for um, King's, King's Speech. Speech. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's someone I'm forgetting, but like they had some really good acting talent in this this film. I'd be really interested. I mean, uh, to throw out to all of you is like, do you think that, can you think of another piece of media or movie in general that portrays love in a different or in your sense, more realistic way? Um, or in a more... Love portrayed in a more realistic way does not yield a rom-com. I mean, I No, think I, I wasn't asking for a rom-com. Okay, that's fine. And that's so fair. like, kind of like for me, like something that um, I've at least can say that I enjoyed is, um, and it's back for a second season, is Easy on Netflix. Um, I really have enjoyed that because partially because of the diversity in the love that is portrayed. Is it's it's some of the love is like really just about sex, and some of it is more like quote unquote traditional love. Um, and it's also not straight. It's not all straight couples, mm-hmm. um, and there's different power dynamics in all of them. And some of them work out, some of them don't. And actually, it does that same thing where it all kind of ties together, like the Ooh. characters cross paths here and there. Not as much as so, not, No, yeah, yeah, not nearly yeah. as much. Which I think all those but. episodes are meant to be standalone, right? For the most part. Um, uh, two of them are connected in the first season. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, that was just something that stood out to me as at least having a little more... Um, and I don't just mean like um, racial diversity or sexual diversity, but just like I felt like different kinds of love. Like a lot yeah. of these felt like the same kind of love just packaged differently. Well, again, it was... It was a power dynamic love. Yeah, and that's all. That's all it was, with one exception. Well, and so, kids. so what would be a, a well, counterpoint? And, and I would recommend who was married for twelve years of Right. Yeah. Any any thoughts about like I, it doesn't even have to be like I believe the correct portrayal of love or something, <laughs> but just like a different view of love than this, than what this was. I haven't seen it, but Moonlight was supposedly really really good. It is really it's good. good. Yeah. It is really good. love that movie (laughs) I think um, I mean I know we were talking about he's just not that into you and I think I liked that movie and and maybe again it's just coming from a woman's perspective where it kind of showed obviously it was more focused on the woman's perspective of dealing with relationships but it kind of showed like the different ways things you know happen or how you know we're kind of like socialized to be behave in certain circumstances um and yeah there was you know different types of relationships for sure and that and you know in some cases some women were being used in some cases they were the user and like they had one storyline with scarlett johansson where she had one guy pining for him while she was pining for another guy so i don't know i guess that's that's what comes to my head but maybe Mm -hmm. it's because we were just talking about it sure yeah (laughs) I, I can't Thoughts? think of anything. Thoughts? I don't Thoughts? know why. <laughs> I was just curious. That's a, it's, a, it's a good question, though. I don't know. I think that like like love and sex and human relationships like that, romance, are all like really complicated things and really hard and Ooh. difficult things. And I felt like this mostly focused on the easy part. Or not the easy part, but like... Fairly the, superficial. The fun part. The yeah. like, ooh, yay! You I know? Guess Maybe I just go to extremes, but now I'm like starting to think of like, 
like Louis C.K. and how like he because he always kind of portrays you know love and sex as like very hard. But now we're finding out that <laughs> the stuff that he was talking about was it's complicated, yeah. right? Yeah, it's all really complicated, and yeah. That's not quite the same kind of complicated I was, no, I was talking sorry. about. Like, I, no, I but that's okay. Opposite end too. <laughs> but that's but that's what I mean though. Is it's just like it's different. It's different. They're they're not all um, not all love is is this like very um, fairy tale y kind mm-hmm. of thing. Well, I think part of the problem is the narrative structure, right? So whether it's a romantic drama, whether it's a rom com, whether whatever it is, you're going to have a relationship. You're going to have some rising action. There's going to be some conflict. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, and then they're going to resolve this conflict uh-huh. one way or the other. It might not end happily. It might end sad. Right. But like, I think you're constrained by, and this was like that eight times, just tiny little, true, uh, tiny Very little true. piece one. Mm-hmm. But I think you're constrained by the format that to tell an interesting and compelling story, you have to at least follow that to a larger extent. Right. Like you can't explore the complexity of human relationships when you're just like a dip here, a dip there, a boop. <laughs> well, and, and you have to have a beginning, middle, and end to a movie. Right. Yeah. As we're talking through this, I feel like eight storylines was too much. It probably was. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if there was like a storyline or two that you think like just didn't need to be in there, like which storyline <laughs> But then you're gonna run into the thinking problem. You really literally have to give audiences not enough time to think about anything and it's a lot of just jumping back and forth. They I was just impressed with their song budget. They did this transition a lot on a song and mm-hmm. it was kinda of weird to see a song in one setting mm-hmm. and then see it in a totally different setting. I think the harshest was funeral literally transitioned to a wedding. Yeah. 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 The mm-hmm. end to the beginning. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. I feel like the storylines that probably added the least value to the movie were the ones I liked the best. Like the Bill <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and like the, the yeah. porn star set. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. They were kind of just like like thoughtless and fun. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's see a movie about Bill Nye's character. Um, that would be a fun movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like well, what was like? What was he like before? Because this apparently seemed to be him at like a turning point or something. I don't know. Because like, it, I, yeah, they made some. It sounded like maybe he'd been like addicted to drugs or yeah. alcohol or something, and had like moved on. He was trying to make a comeback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a washed yeah. up rocker. Yeah, yeah. washed up right. being not well right. right. Yeah. yeah, and was fully aware that he was a washed up Ooh. rocker. Just right. Yeah, I'm cashing in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, which I think was a nice dig at the whole Christmas complex, right? Like, literally, there are there are people you like you don't hear until December because it's right. holiday time, and now that's the time to shine. Right. Yeah, or, and they're talking about like with him, like what they did is they redid one of his famous records and they made it Christmassy. And I mean, maybe that exact thing doesn't happen, but there's definitely pop stars that to like make some extra money they'll come out with a Christmas album mm-hmm. and it's like and it's quite frequently just covers of other people's songs exactly. and things like that right. is there anything else? I could have used some more of Good Kid Wenceslas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems could thinking, have gone on a little longer yeah well and it just okay it was that. to me like that was the only a lot of the music that they featured wasn't really Christmas music. It was like pop music. Um, and the only, like, kind of tied together, the All I Want for Christmas is You. Honestly, I work I work in a grocery store, and oh, I hear that kind yeah. of stuff all the time. And I'm like, exactly. where, where is, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's like, no, like, there's some, let's get some more diversity in Christmas music in here, too. There's, like, a lot of different stuff. And I don't just mean, like, six different versions of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I mean, wow. like, 
This was 2003, and that was the music climate of 2003. Oh. Yeah. There were a couple. There was a Dido song and then a Smash Mouth song that dated it, but the rest of it was pretty timeless. (laughs) So that actually brings me to things. So we've we've talked a lot about comparing 2003 to now. Of course, they they made a reference to it right in the beginning to 9-11. So this movie came out two years after 9-11, and you know it must have been in development right afterwards. How do you feel like it portrayed that like post 9-11 world like that immediate post 9-11 world well in the background we're about to invade Iraq or we have invaded Iraq is what just happened after 9-11 mm-hmm. I wonder about maybe it being um, this may, maybe part of partly what propelled this to I mean I don't want to make this assertion without knowing it was it pretty successful financially at the time when it actually came out uh, I think this so. movie so because I wonder if some of the um, if some of its success came from our desire as people to be like la 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 yeah, 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 yeah. plain and simple yeah. and just do yeah. something easy and fun mm-hmm. I, mean, I did think like the opening lines were very nice where they talked about like you know it's talking about so much hate in the world but you know, if you look around it's you know, people aren't like if you go to the airport no one is that happy at the airport to be fair but <laughs> you know like when people see each other after a long time yeah. or it's, it's a nice sentiment it yeah. is and it's it's I could see how we, people would want to gravitate towards that after something as earth shattering uh-huh. as 9-11 so that kid would totally be in jail if oh, yeah. they ran yeah. through security. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. and his family would have been in trouble too. And yeah. yeah, they might have got gone after Rowan Atkinson for being an accessory. <laughs> <laughs> but he's oh. such an adorable. Ex- okay, he can I just say? Can we just can we just say like I would just watch? I mean, I have, but like, <laughs> like if it was just Rowan Atkinson, I would probably like this movie. <laughs> like it was just him rapping and unwrapping things. <laughs> Dealing with customers all day. Yeah, that just, was, let's just follow his subplot. Too. Just his subplot <laughs> as the guy who's like really particular about wrapping jewelry. It's really <laughs> sad that he had really just kind of like an extended cameo. Yeah. It would have been nice if he was more in it. Yeah. But I also don't know if I would like him as much because I feel like then he would have. I felt he like. He would have he, to love someone. He would have to be in a relationship for him to. Right, and instead he was just kind of outside and just sort of like, la la la. Like have being we silly. ever seen Mr. Bean like. I don't think so. In, yeah. Any, Okay, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure I've seen that. Have you never seen Mr. Bean? No, I've seen no, Mr. Bean, but in a relationship, like in a relationship. Oh, has he ever been Usually, usually yeah. he's acting in such a way that it's everyone is like running in the opposite yeah. direction. Yeah, right. You're right. Yes, I'm sorry. I didn't understand <laughs> what, what you're asking. That's okay, what I meant. Gotcha. So, yeah. in that context, I'm not sure it would have worked. No, no. <laughs> the movie knew exactly what it wanted, and that was the right amount of Mr. Bean for what it was perfectly wraps it up actually. I believe I had four beers throughout so I, I don't know if that is adding I think, I think that might have helped well, so on to other things is there any recommendations anyone would like to give on movies or TV shows they've seen recently um, that they I mean, we just went and saw Lady Bird yeah, and really I would good. totally recommend that if you haven't seen it that was that was great Yeah, so that was Greta Gerwig's directorial debut and it was it was really good and I mean so we were talking about like all the problematic elements of this movie, and I mean it's 
it's really a much more fleshed out. It's it's essentially her origin story, but that's okay. But it, it feels like a real movie. Like like that was a before we moved on. That was the uh, example I was going to give for like a, a different kind of love. Oh, so you have the relationship between the teenager and her mother, and the teenager and her father, and it, basically like the whole family. And she's like trying to find herself and like going out with guys like writing their names on her headboard mm-hmm. uh, and then like uh, crosses them out never mind and writes the next name <laughs> <laughs> and it's a pretty realistic portrayal of how like sometimes mothers and daughters will like fight and get along like they'll be yeah. really fighting one minute shopping and then being like oh I love this dress yeah like, <laughs> yeah they're they're having this like argument right in the middle of the store and then mom finds the right dress oh that's so pretty yeah <laughs> it's just a really good moment so I'll second Lady Bird. <laughs> <laughs> Anything final, Isaac? Um, gosh, well, it's like I like I said, I recommend. I, I haven't seen, I haven't started watching the second season of Easy, so I can't necessarily recommend that. But I definitely recommend the first season. Um, if you would like to be really depressed, if you're like, hey, this is all too bubbly for me, go watch season three of Broadchurch. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen Broadchurch, but it has many amazing British actors in it it's a very good show and it's like really dark <laughs> it's very very dark so anyway that's what I'm coming away from recently so I really I feel like I should have enjoyed this movie more because I just finished that two days ago yeah so I haven't seen the second season of Easy yet but my understanding is there's an episode in there that's roughly based off of this Facebook group called Taking Back Lakeview and it's about where like people post I actually recently joined this I guess spoiler alert I live in Lakeview um, <laughs> <laughs> and people what they do is they post about like uh, crimes and oh it's like a neighborhood sort of, watch group it's sort of like a neighborhood watch group and they post about stuff going on there um, so I guess this is it's I think the name of the episode is called like Package Thief or something so it's um, about like neighbors taking it that's the first the, episode of the season isn't oh it? is it okay mm-hmm. I feel like I have to watch it now <laughs> yeah well and I mean that's the other thing is it's in Chicago so yeah. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So there's like and they prominently feature Chicago, yeah, not, not like landmarks of Chicago, but like Chicago institutions that yeah, people definitely. in the know would go to. It's definitely. fun to, to watch and be like, oh, I've right. been to in that there. restaurant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Revolution bathroom. Um, Easy is interesting. I mean, on the topic, it's it, it's vignettes of like a day usually or somewhere uh, a short time as time span, but the characters don't develop. It's just. Here's this character. This thing happens to them, and then it. It's a day in the life. Yeah, it's a day in the life. Yeah, it's not the. Yeah, it's definitely a different feel to it. Yes, it's it's, yeah. it's very Joe Swanberg. <laughs> yeah, but staying with the British, the British theme. Um, I recently saw because I think it's out on DVD and VOD. Kingsman Two, <laughs> which features at least one, if not multiple, of the actors in this, and Yes, equally ridiculous. They do a good job with the the fun camera tricks that they did in the first one. And while this movie only mentions Elton John, Elton John stars, or at least has a also uh, credit. In and he has a small movie. part, but it's, 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 it's a, a great part. part. They they make good use of Elton John. Very cool. Well, I think this has been a fun discussion. So thank you, everyone. <laughs> and yeah, we will be putting together our um, our schedule for the next year soon. So keep an eye out for that. Talk to everyone later. Um, oh, and the, before I forget, 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Film Punch Meetup, and if you have any other commentary, you can email us um, at filmpunch at gmail.com. And thank you.